My initial plan for today's episode was to designate it to talk strictly UCLA basketball. Why is that? Well, because the football team is in a bye week, and Mick Cronin, the Bruins' new basketball coach, spoke to the media yesterday, so I felt compelled to wrangle together some sound bites from that, react to it, and then talk about other storylines that are emanating from the basketball team. But then something more pressing came about as regards to the football program, and the news came out yesterday, and so it's going to dominate the discussion today. And that is Theo Howard announcing on Twitter, Bruin wide receiver, that he is not only redshirting this season, but he's going to transfer. And so before we go any further with Theo Howard, want to welcome you in to the Friday episode of Locked on Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley. You can locate me on Twitter at Brian Fenley. I am a co-host for UCLA's Coaches Show that is powered by Learfield IMG College. I'm also a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio. And you know how to contact me by now. LockedOnBruins at gmail.com. Vent your frustrations. Fire away any comments, critiques that you have via email to me. And at the same time, hit that subscribe button. And so what that does is that brings us all together. So when it comes to football, we're having some challenging times, right? Adverse scenario for the fans and for the team and the coaches, obviously. So you know what they say, tough times bond people together. So that's another reason why you should continue to to make this podcast a regular part of your day. So... Here's what we've got for you on the show today. Theo Howard, and I'm going to look at this decision of his to transfer on several different levels. Why did he do it? The timing of it. What do you think came about him making this decision? What he was able to accomplish while he was still a Bruin? And finally, what the wide receiver core looks like without him. But to give you an overview of this, I think it's imperative to first start by reading off a snippet of his declaration to transfer. And here is part of what he posted on social media yesterday. Quote, After careful consideration and discussion with my family and the UCLA coaching staff regarding my limited participation this season, I have requested a red shirt and to be entered into the transfer portal to allow myself to openly explore the best opportunities to utilize my remaining eligibility and pursue higher education. Okay, you, you read that. And you've got all sorts of thoughts racing through your mind. Presumptions about the reason and limited participation seems to stick out. Those two words. And that maybe he felt slighted that even though he had these injuries that were well documented, the hand-wrist injuries that forced him to miss all but one game. He did play some in the Oklahoma game, but then up came another injury, and that's basically all that we've seen from him this this year, that, that maybe it's more than the injuries. That That is part of it, obviously, but that's intertwined with a lack of playing time. Now, I'll get further into that in just a minute, but either way you look at it, I think we can all agree that because he's missed so much time, that it was already going to be in his best interest to redshirt. Now, that didn't necessarily mean he was going to transfer but I think it was 
something that was coming. Like we knew the news was coming because in his best interests, it would be to redshirt to save that senior season for him and give him a better shot. Now, let me say something about this transfer portal. It reminds me of online dating. You know, even a couple years ago, online dating was looked at as wacky and taboo. Sort of like transferring. I think in a, a couple years ago, in, in dating back, it was looked more down upon. But now, with the invention of the transfer portal, it's become such so much more socially acceptable to put your name in that, just like it's become so much more acceptable among your peers to engage in online dating apps. And they kind of work not to differently in fact you know with your transfer portal you, you you create the profile and then your coaches from other schools are, are checking them out and if they feel it's a match then they're going to reach out now let me say this before I go any further the LA Times had a report surfaced after Theo Howard made this statement that he is going to transfer alleging that it was because a lack of playing time as the main reason for him bolting from the program. Now, Howard actually tweeted back to that headline on Twitter, and he said, quote, false. So, and then he had several of his former teammates attested to that same sentiment when that rumor came out. Now, whether or not that assertion of it being a lack of playing time is true or not, there is no doubt that it has nothing to do with a shortage of talent. I see it like this. You've ever had a boss who looked at you and said, you know what, you're best at doing this. Like, this is your task. I feel like you fit that role perfectly. And you fire back and say, you know what, no. Actually, I feel like there's something else that lends me to maximize my skill set and to reach my goals. And so there can be a level of discord that emerges, and then maybe both parties break up. And so here's something else that I wanted to, to use as a metaphor. And I will preface this by saying maybe I'm completely wrong in this assessment. But I think for entertainment purposes, it's kind of a cool way to use your imagination. And here we go. If you've ever worked in construction, let's say you get a call on an assignment, you get to the place you're supposed to work, and you bring an assortment of tools. When you get there... There's already somebody else working on another project at the house. They go to you before you say anything, before you've even started your assignment, and they go, you know, I know what you're trying to do over there, and I've got the perfect tool to help you get it done faster or to get it done better or whatnot, and that's what that person believes. The other person goes, you know, man, I appreciate it. I have my own stuff. I'm good. And again, thank you for the offer. That person that decided to do it his own way or her own way might just as well get the job done, but because they don't have that handy tool, it might take longer. That handy tool, just for imagination sake, is Theo Howard. And maybe that original worker doesn't feel like he's the right tool for what he's trying to get done. Now, this could be all superfluous 
nonsense because, in fact, Chip Kelly could actually really have wanted Theo Howard to stay and have pled for him to stay. So let me finish off by making sure that's clear. Final point I want to make here in this segment is, and by no means is this directed at UCLA. Let me make that clear. But I think given my time covering college football as a whole across the country, that coaches oftentimes get more fulfillment, more self-validation when they get their own guys playing well, the ones they recruited. And so there can be some extra patience with those guys in terms of a learning curve and being more tolerant of their mistakes and not letting that jeopardize their playing time and just having a little bit of a longer leash, if you will. Now, the players that they inherit, the ones who were recruited by prior coaches, I feel like there's more pressure to perform right away or they're going to get replaced by the recruits who come in from the current coaches. So, it, again, it doesn't have anything to do necessarily on, on a talent level, but it's they're my guys, and it feels better because I know that I got it done with my guys. And as I just said, this is not at all directed at UCLA. This is just an all-encompassing belief or observation I've had from other programs in the country. Now, to do Theo Howard justice, we've got to look back at his jaw-dropping stats and what made him near immortal on the field. Appreciate your time here on Locked on Bruins. Brian Fenley with you. You know, you're going to think I'm some crazy UCLA fanatic, some lunatic, some homer for believing what I'm about to tell you. But I'm going to be honest with you. This is truth, and this is got some facts to back it up, and that is that Theo Howard is the most underrated wide receiver in the nation. Pro Football Focus put out some of their ratings when they looked back at the season in college football last year, and Theo Howard was targeted 51 times, so he had 51 balls thrown his direction. Can you guess how many of those he caught? Did you say 51? Because that is exactly how many he had, which equates to zero drops, which equates to him being one of the most sure-handed wide receivers in the country. And he does not get enough credit. He finished with 677 receiving yards a season ago, four touchdowns, and he was listed on the conference's all-honorable mention team from last year. My point behind why I think Theo Howard might have felt, might have sensed that his time in Westwood was running out was look at it from Chip Kelly's perspective. This guy is in it for the long haul, right? Like wins are good, but I feel like they don't have as much value right now because he's trying to build a foundation. And if this team was in a position where they were trying to win right now, like they were in contention for a Pac-12 championship or a New Year's Six Bowl or making a bowl, then I feel like we would have seen more participation from Theo Howard because he talked about in his declaration of transferring, quote-unquote, limited participation. If it was more of like, all right, we've got to find something right away. And again, I'm not one to know what kind of injuries 
Matthew Howard was going through. And I'm not a doctor, so I, I'm not in any right to speak on that. But because Howard mentioned limited participation, maybe there would have been more of a push to get him out on the field faster if the team was playing for something this season. But because they're not, I feel like the coaching staff has fallen back to making it a youth movement and bringing in the young guys and just continuing to build off them and use that experience. And and that means losing sight of some seasoned veterans like Theo Howard. Now, I've got a question for you here. With Howard transferring, I think we are up to 30 or more players who have departed from the program since Chip Kelly took over. And let it be clear that every single one of those players has a unique circumstance and a reason for leaving. And so I don't know who's at fault. I don't know if there's any fault. I don't know what inspired them necessarily to leave or whatnot. But because it is 30 or more, the question I have for you is, and I'd like you to respond to me on LockedOnBruins at gmail.com, and I'll read some of your responses on the podcast. Is 30 or more normal to you when you are trying to do a complete makeover with a program and you're trying to institute your scheme and basically restart the program, hit, hit the reboot button? Or is that number a little bit too much for you? And is that a bit concerning to you and that you'd like to see that number not be as much? Let me know again, LockedOnBruins at gmail.com. All right, so with Theo Howard no longer part of the wide receiver picture, what is left for wideouts at UCLA? Appreciate you tuning in to us here on Locked On Bruins. Brian Fenley with you. The lack of depth at certain key positions has riddled this UCLA football team. And now with the departure of Theo Howard, it makes, it makes us look at what they still have left at that position. And this is quite the surprise. I did not even realize this. This is quite mind-blowing that only three wide receivers on the team this whole season have caught a pass. Only three that was Kyle Phillips, Chase Coda, Jalen Irwin. Now, all three of those have only combined for about 44% of the receptions, which shows you that there is a movement towards involving the tight ends and the running backs more. So that might be another reason why, and again, this is something that Theo Howard denied, but if there was any qualms about a limited participation being part of the reasoning why he decided to leave, you see how the offense is trending towards utilizing the running backs and the tight ends more in those certain pass-catching situations. Now, there are a couple wideouts who I'm so surprised we haven't seen. Michael Aziki. I mean, this guy last year reeled in 12 passes for 136 yards, and he's got no catches this year. And he's only played in three games. And I thought going in, when we were previewing the wide receiver core, I thought with his 6'5 frame that he was going to be a go-to target for Dorian Thompson-Robinson or Austin Burton who, who or whoever was playing quarterback. I will say that 
if it is if it has anything to do with you know, Howard's departure with limited participation, that Jalen Irwin might have had something to do with taking some of the playing time from Theo Howard. And he's a junior, he's a recruit that as a transfer, he's one of Coach Kelly's guys, and he's that deep threat and has a lot of the same kind of skills as Theo Howard. Now, let me say this, though. I want to see Theo Howard thrive. He is too good of a talent to, to let rot by the wayside. And I hope, even if you're a little bit disgruntled about his decision to move on, I hope you can find it within your heart to root for him too, even though he's not a Bruin any longer. I actually met this guy on an elevator in a Westwood apartment complex, and we've we've been cordial ever since. Interviewed him on the Bruin Insider Show. He is down to earth. He's very personable. He's got a soothing confidence about him, but not me, me, me. What I'm getting at is that he's not a narcissist, and I know you've seen some of these wide receivers that are so full of themselves, and it's all about me, me, me. But no, he has confidence, but it never stoops into cockiness. Now, I love this guy. I think he's going to reinvent himself. I think he's going to find a program that appreciates his skill set and needs him right away. And what program would not want him? Considering that he had no drops and 51 catches last year, there are top-tier programs all across this country that are having problems with their receivers and dropping catches. So he will have no problem finding a home where he is appreciated. And all you got to do is look at his resume tape. There is no shortage of highlight-worthy catches. All right, coming up on Monday... We will start to look at Stanford as the Bruins will take on Stanford on Thursday. But for now, have a great weekend. Enjoy, rest up, and we will catch you back here on Monday. For Locked on Bruins, I'm Brian Fenley.